Hello and welcome to the Green Hornet from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. The Green Hornet. He hunts the biggest of all game, public enemies that even the G-men cannot reach. The Green Hornet. months ago. Don't you remember what the paper said? Sure I do. Especially that sentinel that poked his nose into all the raggeds in town. <laughs> Every guy but Fletcher was mad. That's right, boys. He was all pinched but Fletcher. He's put, you hear that? Now Slim is putting in his little piece. You tend to your driving to this pineapple crate, Slim. Don't forget, Fletcher sent us out on a trip. Sure. A trip with pineapples, I know. But boys, I was just telling you, Fletcher's got a brand new setup now. We're all new. And safe. Because this time, Fletcher's been lying low. Clear out of sight. Yeah. He ain't even made a noise since them slick lawyer fellas he knows got him out of that last jam. Yeah, that's right. So now we're all set with a new boss. And I'd say a mighty slick one, huh? Right. But listen, Porky. The boss don't intend to fool around none with these mugs, you know. You bet he don't. They pay up or else. If they don't pay, he sends us out to do the or else. <laughs> hey, Slim. Haskell's fruit store first. You know where it is, don't you? Sure. After that, where to? Farmers and then Ladonis. Okay, but... I wonder, Spud, how much this fruit racket's good for. Plenty. Yeah, what do you mean by plenty? Oh, Fletcher says there's a couple of hundred fruit dealers in town. They pay an average of ten bucks a week for protection. Well, that's two grand. Yeah, that ain't a fortune. Maybe not. But Fletcher knows how to handle this, see? Things ain't what they used to be, you know. You think so? <laughs> I know that. After he gets the fruit stands lined up and paying regular, then he'll take another line of business in Stick with Fletcher and you'll live. Yeah, I'm sticking. And after tonight, <laughs> we'd all better stick. You're talking sense now. We might need them alibis the boss will have fixed for us. Hey, which of you two guys handles the bomb? Me, I'm tossing the pineapples for him. And Spud takes care of the chopper. The boss said to toss pineapples at the first two joints and then rake the third with machine gun fire, along with the pill tossing. Hey, there's a first place next corner. I see it. Think I'll unlimber the gun on that place, too. Need a little practice. Yeah, I guess it won't hurt none. A swim. Slow down when you go by now. I don't want to miss the throw. Okay, you birds, get set. Now, Porky, let her go. She's gone. Now start the gun. explosives brought certain parts of the city, Michael Axford talked at police headquarters with his friend Moran. Sure. Because you see, Moran, it's my theory. Oh, but... theories. Theories. Axford, must you always have theories when you come here? I'm beginning to think it's a disease. And what's the matter with my theory, Moran? 
Ain't you been saying that this guy, Fletcher, has been quiet as a mouse for a long, long time now? Yes, but that doesn't prove he's reformed. His kind would ever reform. Sure, and he should see by now that crime don't pay. But he won't. That bird's got away with murder. And why? Uh, don't start that again. But I am. I'm asking you. Why ain't Fletcher been indicted? Red tape and lack of evidence. There's never been any evidence against Fletcher. That's the trouble. And if there had been, his lawyers would get rid of it. But anyhow, I got a hunch you won't hear no more of Fletcher. He's through, washed up. And so he says he's reformed. Reformed. Listen, Axford. He'll think up some new game. He figures he's smarter than his pals when we got in that last crooked deal. They all figure that way till they're caught. Hey, Flattery. Look at him come breathing in. Flattery, what's the matter with you? On your toes, you guys. There's the devil to pay this night. What's that, Flattery? Holy crow, what's ailing you? Barmans, that's what. It's Barmans all over the place. A fruit stand over on 10th Street. Come on out in the wire room. Barmans, eh? Yeah, it's another racket busting loose. That's what it is. By golly, this is news. News for the Sentinel. I got to get the Lord on of this. Come on, Moran, to the wire room. Hey, here's another violence just reported. The second one. What? Yeah, murder, too. It's another fruit store. Another fruit store? Hey, George, get that phone. Got it. Hello, police headquarters. Oh, look at that report. Two men killed by this latest bomb. There was a machine gun used, too. It's more like a tear gang, that's what. What? What's that? Okay, yeah. Goodbye. What do you got there? Listen, everybody. That was reporting the third bombing. Huh? Then come on, we move. I bet all I got is the behind this whole thing. Someone's next. And if he is, I bet you can't prove it. Hey, Brian, I'm going with you. The next day, while the newspapers carried stories of the triple bombing of the night before, Britt Reed, publisher of the Sentinel, dined in the exclusive Civic Club with a young friend of his. Ralph Forrester looking for work. As a newspaper man, Ralph, I say that is news. Well, Britt, it's your fault. My fault? Dad said that if you could settle down and run the Sentinel, <laughs> it's high time I did some settling, too. Oh, did he? And I've had the idea that I might learn a newspaper game, too. That's why I called on you last week. Oh, not the idea, Ralph. The delusion. What do you mean? Well, the news game is not learned. It's a knack that a man is born with, like uh, like red hair and freckles. <laughs> That's encouraging. But I thought you arranged to meet me here with something in mind, Bert. Well, something definite to offer me. That's right. But it isn't a newspaper business. Ralph, I have called Mr. Nelson, the big insurance man in town. Uh, now, now, hold on before you say no. Nelson's expecting to see you this afternoon. Ralph, there were three fruit stands bombed last evening. Uh, I read about that. But what's the connection, Britt? Well, it's occurred to me that fruit dealers should make admirable prospects for insurance. Insurance against fire, theft, and bombing. Bomb insurance? Well, something like that. A specialized form of insurance, you see. Yes, now I begin to follow you, but... Just a minute. Michael Axford is certain that there's an organized racket. That more places will be bombed. And you want me to call on all the fruit and vegetable dealers and peddle insurance? Bomb insurance? Yes, you're especially fitted for that. How? Well, you majored in Greek and Italian at college. You can talk to those people in their own language. Yeah, that's true. And, uh, Ralph, Mr. Nelson's already been approached on the subject. <laughs> By you. Yes, and he's enthused, too. But what does he think about selling protection to people who are likely to be bombed? And therefore be in a position to collect on said insurance? Well, he isn't sure there is a racket, Ralph. As a matter of fact, none of us are. It's just one of Axford's pet theories. Mm. I'm not especially enthused myself. I know I can't be choosy. And sincerely, but thanks for going to all this trouble over me. <laughs> no trouble at all. 
And, Ralph, I'll have my secretary list all the fruit dealers in the city for you. That'll save you some time. Okay. You see, Nelson, get the necessary credentials and instructions, and then drop over to my office this afternoon. I'll do that, Brett. Thanks a lot. Forrester didn't suspect that Britt Reed was beginning to map out a plan that would carry the Green Hornet into a fight to the finish against the underworld racketeers that had carried open warfare into the city streets. That evening, in Britt Reed's apartment, Axford asked Britt Reed about his friend Ralph Forrester. His father and mine were good friends, Axford, and that's why I want to help him if I can. By golly, Reed, that's nice of you. That it is. In this case, prepared a list of city fruit dealers for him. Oh, so that was what that list was. <laughs> you know, Reed, I wondered why she was doing it, and I asked her. Yeah? What do you think she told me? No idea. <laughs> she said that she was getting the list ready so she could decide what guy was next to get bummed. <laughs> oh, of course you'll believe that. Ah, I know she was fooling. <laughs> but say, Reed, you know what I think? What, actually? Well, there's a guy in town named Fletcher. Yeah? He's known to have been in rackets before. And I'm betting ten to one he's the mug behind these women. Well, I heard that you thought Fletcher had gone straight. Huh? Who said that? Who told you that? A friend of yours from police headquarters? Oh, but that was last evening. Since then, I uh, changed my mind. Now, I got a new theory. One, that Fletcher is the guy with behind this woman racket. Yeah, I wish you could prove that. I'd be given a week's pay if I could, by golly. I'll have to remember that. Huh? <laughs> now, one more thing, actually. When Forrester comes in tomorrow, don't try to put him out of my office again. But I thought today that he didn't want to be disturbed. That was why he sent him out. Well, he's going to report to me on the success of his work. Oh, he is? <laughs> what you going to do? Go into the insurance business yourself? Oh, no. I'm merely interested in seeing him succeed. I want to work with him in that, and so he'll report to me before he goes to his own office. Okay. I think it's willing to help him like that. But look, Reed. If you don't mind, I'll go over to the cops' headquarters again this evening and see if there's anything new on the booming of the fruit stand. Very well. If you don't mind. Well, of course not. You get another story like the one of last night, Axford, and you will be doing something. By golly, Reed, if there's a story, I'll get it. <laughs> yeah, I wonder what Axford would think if he knew the real reason for my getting Ralph this work. It's Brett. He just thinks... Oh, Kato. Now, I have hopes that a little idea will give us information which we can use. Yes, Going over the list of Ralph's prospects, there'll be some who'll be interested in the insurance. Yes, that's right. Uh, these will be dealers who've not yet been contacted by the racketeers, or those who have plans to defy them. And the mystery of Do you have a plan for Green Hornet? Well, not as yet, but later, perhaps, when I see the list of dealers. You see, Cato, I feel that the dealers who have absolutely no interest in insurance will be the ones who have agreed to pay protection to the racketeers. Yes, sir. And these, Cato, will be the dealers I don't want to call on. With the breath duty? Yes, We'll check the car, go over that motor again, and make sure the Black Beauty will not fail us when it's time to go into action. During the next few days, Ralph Forrester called regularly on Britt Reed, unaware that the young newspaper man was gathering data for the Green Hornet. Meanwhile, the racketeers struck at two more fruit dealers, throwing bombs of death and destruction and putting the police department in a frenzy trying to run the gangsters to earth. But finally, the Green Hornet was ready to act. Brett Reed was followed by his faithful valet, Cato, as he went through a secret panel in the rear of his clothes press. Cato, close the panel. 
I have the names of a few of the fruit dealers that were completely disinterested in Forster's insurance proposition. Yes, Mr. Ray. Tonight, we'll call on these dealers. Do I have the weapon of the green hornet with you? Yes. The mask is in the pocket of the car? Yes, sir. Here's the door to the old building. Axford won't be in for hours. I'll have the entire evening to work. He'll be none the wiser. You need much time? Well, I want to make as many calls as I can. The more fruit dealers we visit, the better the chances will be for the success of our plan. There's the Black Beauty. There's the gold. Yes, but remember, Cato, you can't let down in your care of the Black Beauty. Always check it thoroughly, because every time we make a trip, our lives depend on this car. I'll not fail, Mr. Bates. I've checked the car. Get in. Let's see if I'm right in believing the first dealer we visit is paying protection money to this racketeer gang. These men may have hurt him because he would not pay. He was lucky. He is not badly hurt, but his place, or it is a ruin, Laura. It would have been cheaper to pay what was asked. Oh, protection. Oh, Where will we get the money to make our payment? Fifteen dollars every week, sixty dollars every month. We must pay. And more money we must charge for the fruit. It is the only way, Laura. But our customers, they, they will go to other places. Laura, the other places must join, too. They, too, will soon pay, as we are. And we dare not go to the police. Oh, Men are not good. No, but we are helpless. Ladoni is already dead, Laura. Haskell is in the hospital. His place is burned down. We have our lives to think of. Yes, Philip, you have. Look, that, that mask, that gun. Who, who are you? Be quiet. Listen to me. That, that man, he, he's the one they call the Green Horn. Don't harm us, whoever you are. We have done nothing. Philip, I'm here to collect. Collect? Right. You've been promised protection for your store, haven't you? Yes, but... You are not the man who told me about this. You are not. I'm the man who's here for the money. But the $15, it would not be paid. Quiet, you. Take it now. But the man told me he's saying in five more days. I said I'd take it now. Plans are changed. But if you don't want to pay, I can report you as the next man due for a little trouble. No, not pay him. In the name of heaven, pay him. Wait. I, I will get the money. I will get it. That's better. And hurry. You, you will not record it. Not if you pay. Yes. Here it is. Ten, fifteen dollars. But now I will be poor man. That's too bad. I got what I tell you, Philip, and remember it. Here's an address on this card. Keep this address. Why do you leave us this? Every day, you send fifteen dollars in an envelope to this address. You understand? Yes, but you will not come here again? No, you'll send the cash. But if you make it necessary for me to come again, Philip, 
Come in the same way that I went to the shops of Haskell and Latoya. No, not do not do that. We will pay. I will pay me money. I swear I will. See that you do. And one thing more. Don't tell anyone where it's to be sent. If you reveal that address, that'll be reason enough for me to call back. Remember that. Yes, yes, I will remember. But do not harm us. Very well. I'll have no trouble unless you make it. I've heard to see those poor people scared to death like that, but it's the only way. Yes, Mr. Smith. And now... I will call on the next man on our list. Four times that night, the Green Hornet called on certain fruit dealers and left address cards. Sure, his threats of secrecy would cause these intimidated men to give that address to the real racketeer. later, an expensive machine parked on a side street near Phillips Fruit Store. One man in that car waited for two companions, and when they returned... All right, you birds, let's go. Get out of this neighborhood. Sure, boss. Okay, where's that cash? Uh, Fletcher, I, uh, we, we ain't got it. Ain't got it? What are you talking about? Phillips already paid. Already paid? Hey, what's coming off around here? I want that 15 bucks. Boss, what Porky says is right. Philip paid out already to another guy. Why, you crooked double-crossers. What do you think I am to swallow that? It's true, Fletcher. True as I'm sitting here. They, the Green Hornet got that cash from Philip. What's that, boss? The Hornet's muscled in on our game. He told Philip that he was the big boss. And he come to that poor sap and collected in person. Why, that's... Wait, boss. Look at this card. Well, what about the card? Listen. The Hornet left it with Philip, see? And told Philip he could send all the payments there every week. Green Hornet. Boy, that dirty chiseler. Boss, we had one swell time getting that card. But Porky there, he's got ways of making a guy talk. So the cash is to be sent to this address every week, huh? I wonder who else the Hornet is called on. Gosh, I I don't know, boss. We'll soon find out, Porky. (laughs) We'll find out. You don't think this uh, might be a trap, do you? Yeah, trap nothing. Hasn't the Green Hornet muscled in on every racket that's been started in this town? Oh, hasn't he? Yeah, sure, that's right enough. He never crossed me before. I guess he didn't figure on the tricks you guys could use to make a dumb fruit peddler talk. Fletcher, there never was a mug, but couldn't be made to squawk when he seen his woman in a little danger. <laughs> no, <laughs> that's right. And so starting tonight, we'll watch the place we got the address of, and we'll get that green hornet. This time, he slipped. <laughs> he slipped plenty. Not long before dinner that evening, Axford ran excitedly into the office of his friend, Sergeant Moran, at headquarters. He talked wildly, a letter waved from one hand. Moran! Holy crow, man! Get a load of this! It's the best tip you ever got! Well, Axford, you crazy banshee, take it easy. Uh, tell me what it's all about. The Green Hornet, that's what. What? The Green Hornet, that's it. This here tells whereat the guy can be found. It tells, too, that he's the guy with heading his fruit racket. Is this straight, Axford? Here, let me see that. Your bet is straight. And didn't I tell you all along that Fletcher wasn't the guy? But maybe Fletcher is the guy. Maybe he is the Green Hornet. It could be. But listen, this come into the office without no name sign. And Britt Reed, he gave it to me. Sounds like the bird who wrote it knew what he was talking about, all right. Sure. That's just what I told Britt Reed. 
You mean that's what he told you, but forget that. We're going there. So that address is given. That's what I was going to suggest, Moran. We'll take along Flattery and a couple of the others. No, no, one moment, Moran. You're making a mistake to take along so many that they give it away. But if we was to go, just a couple of us, and lay in wait, that harlot might come in. All right, Axford, we'll do that. We think it gets dark early now. Or we might be seen sneaking into this place. Yeah. It looks deserted, though, Dawn. Never can tell about that. Take this flashlight. Turn it over here. Now, I'll have this door open in a jiffy. I hope. Yeah. This door isn't used much. No, it ain't. But now, Dan, shut again. Give me the flashlight. Now, be careful where you step, Axford. Some of these floorboards might... Squeak, was you going to say, Moran? Yes. Now, don't you hit that same one again. All right. I'll be careful. But if he's here now, well, he's already heard us. And if he ain't here... It don't matter. Turn your flashlight over ahead of it. There. Don't see much yet. How about looking to see if the front door has been used recently? Good idea. Hey, look. There's some envelopes shoved under the door. By golly, it's beginning to look like maybe there was something to this tip after all. I hope you're right about that. Look here. John Sloan. John Sloan. Say, all of them letters has got the same man's name on them. Yes, I... I wonder. Well, don't stand there. Open them up. Just what I'm doing. Just exactly what I'm doing. Oh. Now, now, what's in the first one, huh? Dough. Look here. Fifteen now. Holy crow. Now, now, what do you suppose? Hey, Moran, what's that note? What it say? Philip, per the week of the twelfth. Philip. Philip. Here, Axford, take this one and open it. Right. Well, listen. I, I, I just remembered. Philip is the fruit dealer. Because Reed mentioned that he was one guy that couldn't be sold in tunes. It's plain as day, Axford. How's that? The green harlot told these guys to send the dough here. He's cutting himself in on the racket. Sure, that's it. And he told all them fruit dealers to send it into John Sloan. Oh, yeah. Moran, there's more dough in this one. Now we got proof. So all we got to do is wait till he comes and then grab the green harlot. Am I glad they brought him in with sandwiches? We may be having the wrong way. There's another thing, Axford. We can get the names off these notes here and have some mighty good witnesses. I got it, that's right, ain't it? Quiet. There's a car. Stopping outside, hear it? Yeah. Oh, golly. It's, it's him. All right. Get back where it's dark and wait. I'll give the word when everything is set to nab the green harlot. Boy, that's the house here. Yeah. Kind of deserted, don't it, Fletcher? Well, Porky, that's the way the haunted would want it. You want to look, see? Shut up, Spud. Now, come on, both of you. Get out of the car and have that chopper handy. Gosh, boss. You ain't taking no chances, are you? Of course I ain't. I want that guy mowed right down. Now, boys, on top of getting rid of the green hornet, we'll collect that reward that something was offering for him. That won't be bad either. Just an extra five grand. I hope this ain't a trap of some sort. What sort of a trap could it be? Mm, I don't know. Ah, uh, shut up. Listen, Spud. The Green Hornet or nobody ain't superhuman. When this chopper starts talking, it'll get him like it would anybody else. All right. We're going right through the front door. I don't think he's here right now. Suits me if he ain't. Yet. I never heard of him being out and around town so early in the evening. So we'll just wait inside. Then, when he comes... He gets the works. <laughs> I'd try that door. Sure, boy. Done a lot. 
plenty with a chopper, Porky. Just in case there's anybody here. Say that to me, Fletcher. I'll find a light so we can have a look around there. No, no light, just sack. Well, I'm glad, too. Just as glad as I am that you got that insurance job with Nelson. 